Hey, this is Joe Namath, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. Are you ready? The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Bird, Bird. Very passionate. Bird, Bird. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be sucks. Don't Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I am joined, as always, by the biggest Jets fan in the state of Texas, none other than my colleague and co-host, Michael Lagaris, everyone. Yo, what's up? What is up, Mike? I mean, I know the country, me, you, everybody, kind of nervous looking at what the hell's going on with this election. It's taking forever. What is the story with Nevada? What is the story with some of these states that can't get it together, Mike, where the biggest states in the country already have it done? That I'll never be able to wrap my mind around. But, you know, one thing I, I do want to do is applaud the country. I know, Mike, you got some stats on how many people voted. And, guys, we're not going to get into politics or any of that. Just in general, we're saying the turnout was ridiculous this time. Whatever it is you think, whatever side you're on, whatever ideology you have, whatever political party you support, people came out. You know, they let their voices be heard in a way that's never happened in our country before. And that's pretty impressive to me, Mike. And you, you have a number. Mike, what's the total amount of people that voted? Man, so we had 159.8 million votes uh, in the 2020 election, which is unbelievable. That you know, we have about 239.2 million Americans eligible to vote, and that's a 66.8 percent turnout rate, which makes this year the highest voter turnout since 1900, when Republican William McKinley one re-election with about 73.7% turnout. Wow. So that's yeah, that's that's pretty tremendous stuff and and you got to be t- tip your hat. Look, the more people that get out there and make their voice heard, the better the democracy is. So I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah, I mean that that's basically how it works. That's how we got it set up here in America. Everyone got out to let their voices be heard. I mean, voting's at an all-time high. We had more people vote, Mike. There's only about 6 or 7 countries that have more people in their country than we just had vote. Which is yeah. just so impressive to me. Like, um, a tip of the cap to America and to everyone that dig it out. Choose whoever you think is going to be the guy that should lead us. But definitely always make your voice be heard. Because if you don't, and then you sit back and you complain, you're a clown. That's, right. that's right. You know, that's what you are. If you don't get out there and at least, even if the guy you wanted to win doesn't win, you know you did what you felt was right. And you have that. But if you don't, you're a clown. Don't complain. Well, you're not necessarily right. a clown because a lot of people don't vote. But just don't complain then. Because I don't want to hear it. It's like someone that doesn't watch the Jet games, but they want to talk to me and you about the Jets and how much they stink. It's like, if you're not watching the game, <laughs> if you're not putting the effort in, if you're not putting in the effort, then shut up. Because <laughs> me, Mike, all the rest of us watching this garbage-ass team, we're watching the games, Mike. We're yes, watching us. We, we, are. Have, we have four touchdowns passing the whole season. I think we got three rushing or four rushing. We're watching this garbage all year. But you know what I mean. Sorry, guys, to get off on a tangent there. But speaking of our New York Jets, and speaking of decisions people are going to have to make. Now, football teams are not set up as a democracy necessarily, Mike, but the guy making the decision for the New York Jets is big old Joe D, the mountain Joe Douglas. 
had a press conference this week. You got some info for the people. I know everyone probably heard about it. Everyone talking about Joe Douglas, some of the comments he made, committing to gays, etc. Mike, why don't you run through that? Let some people know what he said. Well, there's a couple of good things I liked from the conference uh, at the trade deadline that Douglas said. And there's this couple of things that I didn't really like. But, you know, there's context there that we can kind of go through. Um, I thought Joe Douglas took a good approach in taking responsibility for the mistakes that he's made. I mean, uh, essentially, quote unquote, what he what he said, we're all frustrated with where we are right now. And he said, but everybody in the building has to own it. I certainly take my fair share of responsibility. He's really took inside the, the brunt and blame of the, the Jets horrendous season. And um, he knows that he could have done a better job in helping to revamp the offensive line, get better weapons for Sam, you know, be able to bring a little bit more talent in to where it currently is so i think if you're going to be a great leader you essentially have to be there on the rise and fall of whatever organization or whatever your effort you're trying to lead and i thought that joe douglas did a pretty good job in doing that what did you think uh you know i do and i think he snuck in some things mike he stuck in a few little statements like like this one right here he said the hope is that we can fix these problems together and be here together for a while. Now Douglas has signed for six years, Mike. He's not going nowhere. So no. he did. He did sneak. He did obviously, you know, commit to Gase there. But Mike, what position is he in right now? Eight games in. He would have canned him already if he's going to can him, right? So it looks like we're going to ride the season out with this clown for the most part, right? So at this point, he he, he achieves nothing. He doesn't better the Jets. He doesn't help his team. He doesn't help any situation he's in with the Jets for him to be like, oh, you know, Gase is a bag of trash. We're going to fire him at the end of the year. <laughs> I can't do that, of course, right? So. He had to, some of these things here, you know it, I know it, Jet fans know it, it's just GM speak. But there, now, but there's the parts of that GM speech that I, got, I have issues with. I mean, I get what you were just saying, right? And then he says that uh, it's not all on Adam. Yeah. We understand that, me and you and most Jet fans, we understand that the problems with the New York Jets are not all the coach. But we do all believe that most of the problems come from one Adam Gase. And for then for him to say that he thinks that Gase is part of the solution. See, he didn't have to say that part. He could have just left it as not all is on Adam. <laughs> and you yeah. and me would have been like, yeah, me and you would have been like, yeah. all right. I get that. That's a you're good mad, way to you're say You're mad how far he went with the commitment. The, 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 or the literal words he used in the commitment to Gaze bothers you. I get it. I see what you're saying. Like, there's no... Like, on what planet, in what universe do you believe that Adam Gaze can be part of the solution? He is not part of any solution for the New York Jets becoming a great team. At all. So, him saying that really bothered me. Yeah, no, I understand. And But you think of the hierarchy of the Jets, man. It's like, if it's still set up in a situation where Gase and this guy are reporting to the you know, the owner at the same time, and he's not even really above Gase, if that is what it is, which you've heard rumblings out in the past, maybe he's just covering his own ass at this point, Mike. But but I definitely I definitely hear what you're saying, because the actual verbiage, maybe it's a little too nice. You know, Jet fans, you can, I'd rather him be a little colder about it. You know, a little more, give me more GM speak. Oh, we'll see what happens at the end of the season. Give me some of that, you know? So at least Jet fans know, all right, this guy's gone. Because now, you, now you're torturing us. Now you're like one of your friends that's been dating a train wreck, and he finally broke up with her, and then you go to his house, and she's there again. You're like, bro, I thought this was over with. 
You know, like, what are we doing? Yeah. I thought you were past this. I thought, and he's like, oh, I don't know, man. I'm still thinking about it. It's like, oh, Christ in heaven. So what you got to hope, man, is that this is what we just said, Mike, him just getting through a press conference saying what he has to say. He also, you know, shot down some of the reports on Q. Obviously, teams would be inquiring Quentin Williams, but I don't think there's any situation this year where they would actually consider trading him unless some team just threw something like stupid at the Jets, which there's, there's no player really on our roster. Maybe besides who, Mike? Maybe besides Becton, right? That's like we could say if a team threw us something ridiculous, we wouldn't move at this point. Even Sam, like you, me and you have talked about during the week. If a team's going to offer, mm. if a team like the Niners or, I mean, you've mentioned a few other teams, Mike, that are, oh, maybe a team like the Colts or there's a few other teams you think might inquire or it might make, it might make sense with, you know? And if they throw you something ridiculous, you move on. You know, you ride it out because the end of the season is going to be what it is. Him committing to Sam in the press conference, too. Mike, you know, as this at this point in the season, he has to do that also. You know, that's not that much of a space. What is it? What's he gonna do, Mike? A- a- again, you know, he says Sam's an ultra talented quarterback. I really can't say enough about his grit and toughness. That's great. Yeah, I think that Sam's actually really talented, and I think he's a pretty tough kid. You know, so sure. I can agree with a comment like that. Yep. And then he says, ultimately, I've got to do a better job about putting talent around Sam. Absolutely. You definitely need to do a better job putting talent around Sam. I mean, my goodness. He was out there throwing to Barrios and freaking, you know, uh, Ren and Stimpy on on, uh, on Sundays. You know, <laughs> he had he had nobody to throw to. And his, you know, I don't know any other quarterback that had the least amount of weapons that, that he had. So I those two statements that he would say there as a fan, I'm like, I'm spot on with you. But then he comes out and he's like... He's our best quarterback, which is true, and he's our quarterback of the future. Yo, relax, son. That, don't get crazy. Relax. That's not, Joe D, Joe D, Joe D, relax. pipe down. Relax, pump the brakes, because there's no scenario that exists, Mike. You can you can get any mathematician, statistician. You can bring in the beautiful mind, like Russell Crowe guy, and just figure out every type of angle. But there's no world that if we had the number one pick or we're in a position to draft Trevor Lawrence, we wouldn't do that. Of course we would so if he's he, like him, I mean, that's a no-brainer. That's not I mean, his. we wouldn't even just take Lawrence. We'd take Fields at this point. Have you been watching yeah. Fields? A field he looks ridiculous. Tra- I mean, I think Lawrence is obviously the home run. You know, people say has Hall of Fame level potential, but it is what it is. Like, wh- one thing I'll say to Jet fans, and we've said on this show, Sam, even when he came in, we were obviously, Sam that year was one of the top two, three rated quarterbacks. Tremendous to get him. We invested in a young quarterback, which is what we needed to do at that point. But Sam came in with questions of decision-making and turnovers, et cetera, from college. And he has not been surrounded with a great supporting cast here in the pros, but those problems have also followed him into the pros, some of that decision-making, some of those turnovers. And if you can get yourself in a position to get someone like Lawrence, those aren't really, if you look at them both coming into the draft, prospect-wise, Sam was a really good prospect for the draft he was in, Mike. Trevor Lawrence is a good prospect for the last 20 drafts. You know, yes. that's a that's completely different thing. You know, you know what I'm trying to say? And I try to I've tried to say this to some of my friends, some other Jet fans. It's like Sam was good and Sam was ready high that year with Baker and Lamar came out and a bunch of quarterbacks came out. Uh Josh Allen and we know Rosen and there's a myriad of quarterbacks that came out. And he was the third one taken. No, no, excuse me, he was the second one taken. But that was for that year. Trevor Lawrence, if he was in that draft, would have been taken first. Yo, let me give you let me put it to you this way, okay? This is this is this is how I'm just gonna put this into context, okay? Through 30 games, I'm not taking 30, I'm just using 30 games as a marker, okay? Mark Sanchez had a total QBR of 43, and his yards attempt was 6.6. Geno Smith 
had a total QBR of 43, and his yards of attempt was 6.9. Sam Darnold has a QBR of 46, and his yards of attempt is 6.7. Wow. So he's there. I mean, these guys. He's right there. He's in the ballpark with those guys. And I don't think Jet fans, I don't think we look at it that way. I think this year's tanked his numbers big time because he's putting up nothing this year, Mike. Nothing. Um, Not throwing touchdowns. No, yeah, no, I mean, his, his yards per attempt. I mean, he's and he, and he regret he regret, he has definitely regressed. There's no. Yeah. Problem. One thing I want to say, and you mentioned this before, Joe Douglas taking some of the credit. We got to surround him with better players and this and that. That's obviously true. And obviously, Sam is not throwing to a great cast of wide receivers. Um, obviously, the offensive line is mediocre at best. I'm not, I'm not I'm not turning a blind eye to any of those scenarios. You have to factor it into the equation when we judge Sam. But at the same token, Mike. You said it at the beginning of the year. You said this before anyone. When you said it, I, had, I hadn't thought about it this way. You were like, you know what? We did spend a little money in the offseason, but not that much. And we have, look at next year's salary cap and how much money we'll have that year. Joe Douglas made his moves last year when he you know, when he could make moves, which was after the draft. So he's kind of limited, right, Mike? But then this mm-hmm. year, free agency, this year in the draft, this year by trading, um, you know, a whole bunch of guys. He traded away um, McClendon. He traded away. They traded away yeah. Amy Williams. Amy Williamson. They, yeah, they traded yeah. away Jordan Willis. I mean, they traded away a whole bunch of dudes. All these moves are to put the Jets in a position for next year. And if it is Sam, it's Sam, right? But if it's Sam or it's Trevor, whatever, whichever one of those two people that it is, they have a ton of draft picks. They have all this money. So I think this year, not that they wanted to take a mulligan on this year, but this year was all right. Well, if Sam is going to really, he's going to go into that third year and be a good quarterback. Same thing happened with Sanchez going into the third year. They kind of relied on him more, and he wasn't able to really get the job done, turn the ball over a bunch. You kind of hope the quarterback can raise the level of the team himself if he is the real deal. Right. So maybe this year you're like, all right, the talent's not going to be that great, but Deshaun Watson, I know he has Fuller, don't get me wrong. Deshaun Watson has some guys. But he, like guys like that are going to kind of elevate their team, even though they don't have a good record. You look at what he's trying to do every week, and he's, he's, he's doing his best with what he has, you know? And some quarterbacks are able to do that. Some guys aren't. A guy like Aaron Rodgers, I know he has Adams, but even when all his receivers are injured, you're like, damn, Aaron Rodgers had a great game again. You know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's really – and I'm, that's a, you know, the best comparison, Mike, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, Aaron Rodgers. But the great ones, those guys, like Brady last year, you look now, you're like, damn, Brady had no one to throw the ball to. And we all thought he was like kind of a bum now. Maybe he like did better than anyone else would have done with what he had last year. You, right. know, we're, you and me are no Brady lovers, bro. We're not. You know that. But you look at him out in the box, you're like, damn, a little bit more weapons. Obviously, Joe G's got to surround, surround Sam with talent. But we are in all types of good positions to do that next year if he makes the right decisions. I mean, I'm looking at guys like Deshaun Watson, right? He's very similar to Sam. He had Hopkins most of his career, no doubt. But even this year, he Texans are not good, obviously. They had a terrible coach. But you can see Watson is unbelievable. You can see it. I mean, yeah. hit the value on the field, his playmaking ability. Sam uh, was on that trajectory. And unfortunately, um, you know, Adam Gase uh, really wasn't good for his growth. And this is what I will say to you, Keith. I rather know I went at, at work. We have a term. If you're going to fail, fail fast. And I rather know that we're wrong early so we can pivot and get right. So maybe Sam really was not the best player. And if he had a, a better situation, um, we would have held on to him longer, maybe even invested in him and stayed stagnant and not b- been able to get over the hump. Uh, of trying to get to a Super Bowl. So maybe 
you know, getting a terrible coach like Adam Gase really shined a light on Sam's true value and know that, you know what, this isn't the type of quarterback that is going to take us. And then a, a fall like this, a real bad season like this can really rewrite the ship just like it did back in 96 when they went one in 15 and then uh, Bill Parcells came and began to turn the tide and the Jets went on to years of success actually making the playoffs and being competitive. So we can only hope that that's what's going to end up happening. But but one thing that I do want to say that Joe Douglas did that I really, 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 really liked was what yes. he said about Robbie Anderson. Now, it is really – nowadays, you know, politics aside, sports, it's really hard for people to admit when they're wrong. Really hard when they're bad. Oh, when they absolutely. did something and they messed up and they take say, you know what? I messed up. And you know what Joe Douglas did? He said, that's on me and that's on us moving forward to get a better handle on every player's market value regarding our Robbie Anderson. That's what's up, man. That's what's up because Robbie's having a crazy – great season he looks great you know and i i kind of thought him and teddy because he played with teddy when teddy was here that uh he already knew the quarterback and they would have a pretty good rapport there and he's also playing for his old coach yeah, so yeah. robbie anderson fit in like a puzzle piece yeah. and uh yeah and he's doing really well so so um douglas admitted it and you know what when you're big enough to admit your wrongs you usually don't make the same mistake a second time. So I sure. really, really like the fact that he acknowledged that. And yeah, and you don't see that, like you said, Mike, you don't see that very often. You don't see that in, you know, many facets of um, our lives, culture, politics, et cetera, people. It's almost accountability is like disappearing. You know, we have a coach who's similar to that, right? Mike Adam Gase. You never heard him say he's he's made a bad move, called a bad play in his whole life. Yep. Oh, the, player, the players didn't execute. It's like, all right, bro, you're a clown. But I do know what you mean, Mike, uh, when it comes to Douglas. And I do think Douglas is a high character guy. And look, this is his first year that he was able to draft his dudes, go after free agents, put us in a good position for next year. So he has basically all the chips in the middle of the table for 2021. We got this huge draft coming up. Oh, we got yeah. all we got all this money, you know, we can spend on different players and who knows, you know, we're not going to start going through the free agents now, Mike, but there's all type of different ways you can use that to your advantage even if it's getting a big contract for another team. I do know one thing, Mike, coming up for the first time this year, the hated New England Patriots are on deck. Mike! <laughs> Michael! Let's get into it right now. The situation uh, kind of got heavy on me. Okay, Mike. So, New York Jets versus the New England Patriots. Now, obviously, the Jets stink this year, Mike. We're not playing well. We have zero wins. We're an embarrassment, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you know who else is an absolute bag of trash team? Well, the New England Patriots! Feel that, buddy? Huh? 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 <laughs> <laughs> Their quarterback now, we're making fun of Sam. We only have four touchdown passes this year. Patriots only have three touchdown passes the whole season. Oh, <laughs> oh, Cam has two. Stidham has one. They got two. Uh, two touchdowns this year for Cam, seven interceptions on total. They got three touchdowns passing, 11 interceptions. Their team is a bag of trash. You know, I'm going to throw a little stat at you, something maybe people don't know. There's two teams in the NFL that have not drafted a Pro Bowl player in the past six years. One of those teams, Mike? One of them is the Cincinnati Bengals. Perennial, bottom-of-the-barrel, dumpster-juice team. 
The other is the New England Patriots, Mike! They haven't drafted well in about half a decade, Mike, so you put yourself in this situation. But since the Patriots had a great quarterback, they were to overcome it. They had a lot of guys opt out this year, don't get me wrong. But even with a great defense, those guys don't play offense. They wouldn't have been scoring any points, so I don't know how they would have won that many more games. But that doesn't mean they can't whoop us this week, does it? <laughs> does it, Mike? No, no, but, you know, I, look, it's always par for the course with the with the Patriots. Did you hear that Bill Belichick is being subpoenaed about alleged conspiracy in a messy lawsuit with Brett Belima from Arkansas? Did you hear about that? I did hear about it. Former coach of the Arkansas football team. Absolute pile of garbage human being. Had a buyout as part of his contract. He was required to seek high-paying employment that would reduce that amount that Arkansas owed him. And that's where it got a little messy, isn't it, Mike? <laughs> yeah. That's man. where it got a little messy because <laughs> Belichick hired this dude, purposely gave him a, a salary low enough that it could keep collecting from Arkansas. It just it, it's not a big deal, but guess it just it just they're just such horrible humans. It just it, goes into the narrative, man. Oh, oh my goodness. Sleaze, bro. <laughs> Please. These guys, Mike, these guys share an agent. <laughs> you know, and he's accused of getting him a job and intentionally wouldn't pay him enough to reduce the buyout. It's just, it's unbelievable. It means like these little things. We're sitting around last year and all of a sudden, the owner of the, the, owner of the Patriots is down there getting happy endings from 75-year-old Vietnamese women. We have to find <laughs> that out. It's like there's always one a year where you're like, oh, Patriots, one of those again. Oh, one of your, your tight end murdered someone. Wow. What else are you going to throw at us? Like, what the hell, bro? Like, can you guys just go a year? Can you go a year, Mike, without one thing? I tell you, and I want let let all Jet fans know, you know, my biggest fear, you know, I, it is what it is. I want to see Sam win. I want to see the Jets win. But if let's just say they don't win and we are, for whatever reason, in a position where the last game of the season, we have to lose to secure the number one pick. Jet fans, I promise on everything, on everything, Bill will throw that game. He will throw it. You know he will. Inside. You know now, that Michael, that's what he would do. He would do it. Michael has been floating this conspiracy theory for a while, and I don't necessarily disagree because that's the level of evil. Evil. That is the level of evil we are dealing with here. Oh, I would, oh, Keith, I, I don't know what I would do, man. If that happened, I don't know. And I am scared to death that's what's going to end up happening in the last game of the season. And yeah. Bill throw, he ain't going to do it this way. He's going to, it's Monday night. He's going to go out. I think the Patriots are going to stomp us. Maybe. I mean, they're garbage too. So who knows? But. You know. Isn't it hard? Isn't it hard for us to play any team, especially with us being zero and eight? And it is what it is. And I think I'm I'm in, I'm making fun of the Patriots. I'm just having some fun because the Patriots do stink this year. When have we been able to say that, Mike? In you know, in our entire life, the past twenty years, we haven't. So we have to take a little bit of enjoyment, and we're just not human beings. We still suck worse. We're not. We're not under any illusion that that's not true. We're the worst team in the league right now. We have ninety four points scored this year. It's just an embarrassment, Mike. We have ninety four points scored. We've given up two hundred thirty eight points. Oh. <laughs> Goodness. You want to talk about scrapings? Oh, you want to talk God. about just absolute beatdown after beatdown for the poor Jet fans? I mean, right at the beginning of the year, Mike, what, this is our losses in a row. 27 17, 31 13, 36 7, 37 28, 30 10, 24 0, 18 10. Then we lost 35 9 last week to the KC Chiefs. We are getting handled on a weekly basis by teams.
Yeah, it's just it's it's so bad. But you know what? I I can say that if this goes the way I think it's going to go, and if we end up really with the number one pick, and Gase leaves, the off season is going to be so like it's there's nowhere else to go but up. You oh, know? absolutely. I remember the game, the famous quote from uh, the Dark Knights. It says, "The night is darkest before the dawn." <laughs> well, I, I just I just don't know how much more dark you can get. Yeah, Kate. it doesn't it doesn't get worse. I mean, this is dark. This is da- the darkest. Like you would tell me, we haven't seen darkness like this since Kotite. I mean, yeah, this, this is, is uh, bad. This, this is worse probably than Kotite. I mean, Kotite won a game his one year. We might not win a single a single game. game this year. That's what we're staring at. But it's, isn't it hard? There's got to be one. Now we don't see one. I can't think of us winning Raiders. a game. I, I don't. You always keep saying that. Now that's the game you think. Now we're trying to we're trying to crush the soul of our one friend, Jeff specifically. Mike's trying to just crush his soul every time he says that. Inside, behind the scenes, troll job. As you guys don't know occurs because Mike wants us to beat the Raiders so bad. Yo. We have a friend of ours, a really good friend of ours, the biggest Raider fan. He's been on the show before doing a Raider game with us. Maybe we'll get him on for that week. And yeah, Mike, that's what you're hoping for. If you you in your mind, if we could get one, or we could just. If you could circle one game left to take the W, it's that one, isn't it? It, it, it is that. I, but I, but there is a game that I honestly do think we're going to win. And I think it'll be when Miami comes up to play. Because I don't know if you saw the report, but uh, supposedly the Dolphins can move on from Tua. How is it? I don't understand. <laughs> he's, only started, he's only started one game. <laughs> what are we doing? What, what is happening? That's insane. He just dude. played one game in Rotor World. There's an article saying that they could potentially move on from him. What? Is, where is that coming from? Yeah, that's, that's strange. Crazy. I know. I know. We're in a world where the things have kind of changed with what happened with Josh Rosen and teams. Teams will do what they think is in their best interest, maybe sooner than ever before, Mike. Instead of waiting things out, but one game, bro. I mean, one game, they, dude. They get it did get a 19 on the Wonderlick, so. <laughs> hey, 19's average. I think 19's right in the middle. That's not oh. that bad. That's not Vince Young level. That's not they're not down there in the four or five. And I'm not hating on Vince Young or anyone that gets a bad Wonderlick. You can still be someone in life that's very intelligent. It's a certain type of test. But Vince Young was historical. Some guys, and the, the Wonderlick, I mean, the first couple questions is like, what's two times two? You know, and then like, well, what's 12 divided by four? If you get an 18 or 19, it's not the worst, Mike. You're below, a, if you're below the 10 level, you might not be the sharpest tool in the shed, and if yeah. you're if you're sub five, you probably you probably should wear a helmet when you're in public. I'm gonna say that. I'm gonna say that, Mike. I don't want to be a jerk, but I mean, be careful. Be careful when you go down steps. Like if you're below, if you're, if you're below five, like you shouldn't use like you shouldn't use metal utensils. You should only get a sport to eat. <laughs> You know who had the highest one was uh, it's Pizzle. Yeah, he had a huge one. He's like a forty-nine or something. Yeah, the best and the best you can get to fifty. That's a really high score. Yeah, Chad. You know Chadwick had a really high Wonderlick. Chad. Chad Wonderlick. Wonderlick is good because I think that it's important to at least understand if somebody can digest um, certain concepts or certain you know because when you're playing you need to understand certain schemes, how to process information, how to, you know, go through different uh, situations. So I think that that's just kind of like a high level, okay, where is this person at? Yeah. 
Uh, and, yeah, and, and, and no way is that necessarily indicative of success or means someone's going to do bad or good or anything like that. It's just another attribute, another thing to add to the resume when you, I guess, when they look at quarterbacks. So there's a guy you're on the borderline with, and like, wow, he was seemed like a pretty sharp kid, though. Maybe a team wants him. Other guys, man, like maybe they don't, you know, know do math computations that fast, but you get them on the field, they're the best player on the team. Right, so who, you right. Know, like, and you're like, who the hell cares, you know? And I'm not like, saying, like, look, Lamar, Lamar Jackson had a lower wonder lick, and he, I mean, he's the MVP, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. So Exactly, exactly. That's, that's, that's what I mean. I mean, like, that's not, there's, there's, I mean, and Lamar Jackson, I'm sure, is a pretty smart dude. That doesn't yes. mean that, you know, he's not a smart guy in real life or anything like that. Just those tests are geared towards like a different type of thing, you know, trying to think really quick and computations and logic and stuff like that. And you could be a super logical person, but maybe your brain just doesn't work that way. And Mm -hmm. maybe some teams, they want to, they like some guys that brains do work that way. But I do, but going back to our discussion, I think the Jets will beat the Dolphins when they come. That's the game I think they'll get their win. They'll beat Tua uh, and and that's, that will be the win. And they shut us, blanked us out last time. Yeah. I just, I think that will be the game we take. And if we don't, okay, we go 0-16. I'm going to leave it on COVID. You know, like LeBron James got his chip. I'm, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. COVID, that's what I say to it, you know, COVID. And, you know, just keep moving, you know? So. Yeah, yeah. Got you, bro. No, I totally understand. So, I but wrap- yeah, I expect us to lose Monday night. And uh, Yeah, it's interesting, man. You think, they, I don't know if they have the ability to do this, but you would almost thought they flex us out of there. But New York's a huge market. Even when the Jets stink, I'm sure they get huge ratings for the Jets or the Giants. You know, we're just a big-ass market. We love our football teams here, so that could be that could be a lot to do with it. I don't know, Mike. I'd, just, I'd rather not have the whole nation not see this dumpster fire right now. I'd rather we be tucked away nice and neatly at 1 o'clock on Sunday just to our geographic region so we don't want to expose to everyone. But who the hell knows what happens, bro? This could be the game they win, too. I mean, any one of these weeks, we can be watching a game. We get three interception returns for a touchdown. You're like, oh, my God, we have 21 points. All you got to do, I mean, they only score one other touchdown, but they win the game 28 to 20. That's how the NFL is, right? Right. So, you know, and that's how, and this is this is a week we're playing a team that turns the ball over a lot when it comes to passing, so. And, and I just want to reiterate to Jeff Van, I know that we're all locked in on Trevor, and it's nice. That's, I understand. But just understand that if they don't end up with the number one pick and they end up with the second pick, field is not a bad option either with a new coach just saying don't get all upset if if somehow trevor doesn't end up falling to us and we end up getting a guy like fields because yeah. he's looked phenomenal i've been watching him I, I i texted you i said yo check out the ohio state the kid looks progressions accuracy you know uh mobility i mean he looks really good fields he does he, he does, does man he's tearing it up this year he's tearing uh, it up you know he's playing so. well and, you know, all we got to do is just hope, man. Like, whoever it is, if it's Trevor, it's him, man. Me and you have said this for a long time now, even back to the Mark Sanchez days and before that. There's not – I don't care who the person is, what team they come for. If they're a vet on the last legs of their career, if they're a rookie, they just got – you just get me someone that's going to go out there and get us to the Super Bowl and win and be a good team. That's all we want. Would you take Tom Brady? Well, at this point, I don't know. Tom Brady might be too crusty. If, but, no, if Tom Brady were to come and you, and let's say if Brady would take the Jets to a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl, would you take him? Uh, I mean, you put me in the toughest possible uh, hypothetical situation of all time when you ask me that. I guess now that he's like has one year stink removed from the Patriots on Tampa Bay, if he like wanted to come to the Jets next year, of course I would take him. And every other Jet fan would take him too. That's what they would do in two seconds. Because just for the fact that they could get a number 12 uh, New York Jets jersey and wear that to a game, Jets-Patriots. Oh, what a beautiful turn. Yeah, you're right. I mean, just that that alone. All right, everybody. 
Jets Patriots Monday night. We'll see how it goes. You know, everybody, good job getting out there voting. By the time the Jet games pop off Monday night, Mike, hopefully we'll know who the president is, right? I mean, Jesus, yeah. we've waiting. This is it's interesting how long it's taken, but we probably will know by then. So good job, like we said at the beginning of the show, everyone getting out there voting, letting your voices be heard, record numbers. Um, absolutely amazing numbers of voter turnout. So good job, America. Good job, AEBG listeners. And Mike, if anyone does want to get at us, listen to us, support us in any way, shape, or form, where could they do that? Well, you can find us on the Elite Sports Radio Network, on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spreaker.com. On Facebook, please follow us at AEBG.JetsRadio. On Twitter, at AEBG underscore NYJ Podcast. And on Instagram, at Jet.AEBG. You heard the man on behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris. My name is Keith Farrell. We'll get at you next week, everybody. Peace out. Hey, this is Joe Namath, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. Are you ready? Can't win. The New York Jets will beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans, Jet fans, Jet fans. Bird, very passionate. Bird, Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be the sucks. I want a number leaver.